here. Um, I didn't get a chance to see all your faces this morning before we got started. We were a little busy getting getting things ready, but I recognize a lot of faces and glad to see you and glad to be here. Uh, I guess Chris uh, is in Italy. He's texting me this morning and I guess he's still alive and well over there and hasn't eaten too much pasta and uh, doing his thing, whatever that is over there and enjoying some time with uh, family. Uh, you all are having some uh, flags here and I was joking just a little bit, but there was a house in Livingston that has these in the front yard and it actually can be a There's a religious group that actually puts these up. (laughs) I know that's not what your purpose is, but I walked in and I kind of giggled because it's the exact same colors and everything. Uh, But I have to kind of look through a few of those to see my slides in the back. If I get a little uh, sideways, then you'll understand. I'll be be okay. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about myself and my family and the church in Lewistown, and then we'll kind of jump into a sermon and I'll try to keep that within a reasonable time frame. And they said about a half hour for my section of things, and I think I can wrap that up today even a little quicker than that. So I'm going to leave that phone sitting there to remind me of that. Uh, but I'm Russell Epperson, my family, uh, Allison Epperson, and my two, uh, three kids. I have three, not two. And uh, their names are Caden. He's 16. I was telling some folks here about he's he's driving. That's a little scary, and it's a Hard to imagine that we have children that grow up that quick, but uh, Brindley is 14 and Tessa is 12, and Caden and Brindley are playing the state cup in soccer in Livingston, so it was actually worked out really well when Chris asked if I would come over. Um, yesterday, he asked me if I would do No, I'm kidding. It was, it was several weeks back, and he said, can you come over and speak? And I said, sure. Uh, your congregation, you support our work financially, uh, so thank you for that, and we were able to swing over because we're already in Livingston, so it's going to work out really nicely. Uh, so I guess tell you a little bit about Lewistown. Some of you might not know, but we're in the very middle of the state, and uh, it's where kind of what I say is where the prairie meets the mountains. And so we have a lot of prairie, but we also have a lot of mountain ranges, about eight around Lewistown. So it's gorgeous. Uh, just a few pictures here to kind of show how much we're proud of Lewistown. I remember when I got ready to move here and I called in fact, we were here in Lewistown, but I called and got in touch with Chris Crooks, one of the first people that we communicated with as far as other ministers, and he said, you're in the best place in the world to hunt and fish and enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> and uh, that's been the case. It's a beautiful place to live. I know one preacher from years back in the church in Lewistown said, um, it's hard to work with people because they have everything they need in Lewistown. They have good jobs. They have, basically, they're comfortable. They can go hunt and fish on the weekends. They're happy people, and therefore it's hard to tell them that they need Jesus. And, you know, we've found that to be the case, but I think that's kind of the case everywhere in Montana. It's beautiful, and there's a lot of distractions. Um, This is actually from our back porch, and uh, that's our house. You notice anything strange about about the house? We do not have a cow mounted on top of our house, but... Um, we drove home one day, and there's a hill behind our house, and it just lined up perfect that it looked like there was a cow standing on our roof. And I got a big kick out of that. You might not have even noticed, but yeah, there's a cow there. So as I was going through pictures and throwing a few pictures together for you to kind of show you who we are, um, I saw that one and got a good cut chuckle out of it. That was with an old iPhone, and it wasn't very good quality. Um, anyway, and that's my puppy dog, Ava. She's my fourth child. Uh, she's nine years old, Border Collie, and she keeps the place in check. So, yeah, nice little place, a mile out of town, 
about four acres, you know, kind of the Montana dream. We just, we're living it right now. We love it. Uh, that's when we are not dreaming so much of, uh, of happiness. <laughs> that's always February, it seems like nowadays. Uh, 60 mile an hour winds. And this past year, we actually had 80 mile an hour winds. I guess you did too. But we lost, uh, we lost some shingles and some other things. And some folks in the region lost houses and barns. It actually blew down some things. So pretty rough February. I've decided when I become independently wealthy that I will travel somewhere else in February. Uh, I love it here the rest of the year, but uh, it, it can be tough. That's my wife. Uh, we took a little trip to Yellowstone here just uh, February, I believe, we drove over there and uh, made a little trip in the park. So that's what my wife looks like, for those of you that know her. She's getting better better with age, and I'm getting a little rougher with uh, the gray hair there. Uh, there's the three kids. And like I said, um, just the last year, Caden has gone about grown about six, seven inches in, in a year. Uh, Brinley's been nice and tall, and he finally passed her. They're holding baby possums from my brother's family in Tennessee. Everybody in Tennessee has baby possums in their house. That's just that's just a part of their mascot. No, they rescued them off the road and soft-hearted girls, uh, my niece, and they are raising these little baby possums that hiss at you as you try to feed them and water them. That's not how pets work in my house. But anyway, uh, we were there uh, back in April and first part of May, but uh, my kids were, they're busy folks. We're doing the soccer tournament in Livingston, I think I mentioned, but Caden will be with me on the canoe trip next weekend. Uh, some of you are going on that. And then um, we'll be at uh, teen camp here soon at, at Yellowstone Bible Camp. So we see a lot of you from those kinds of things. And uh, then that's, uh, <laughs> that's my daughter, Brinley. So the middle child there, uh, they are having a good time with uh, the, the goose. And you're going to forgive me, but I'm going to type in a password that the church in Lewistown needs to be able to use a computer or they won't be able to. Have church this morning. Just took care of that. There you go. Multitasking this morning. Um, this goose is is amazing. He hisses at me, but he stands on her legs and just chills out with her as she reads a book in the backyard. No, not many. The girls in my house, he kind of, he likes. Caden and I, he comes at you with his head down hissing. He does not attack or anything, but if you come to my house, just be, be aware if you're scared of geese because he... Uh, he can be intimidating looking. Uh, just some other views there, and we are lots of pets in our house. We have 21 chickens, I think, right now, four wild rabbits that we turn loose that just hang around on the property and just do their thing, and three cats, a bunch of fish. We're kind of those outdoor folks that enjoy that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm trying to give you a little bit of a rounded view of what my family's like and uh, kind of some of the stuff we do. I do enjoy bow hunting and hunting in general. I really enjoy eating that lean red meat, and so we were able to, uh, got a five-point bull last year, and uh, that's a lot of fun. It fills the spirit and allows me to get out in the country and uh, kind of de-stress. I can't, Lewistown's interesting, 6,000 people. It's really difficult to get away from ministry, Uh, and it's not something that sounds bad, I, I hope, but sometimes I need to be able to go out and not be the guy that people are calling and this is about the only place that I can do that is when I go out of town or go out in the woods. So I need that every once in a while. So the fall and winter really kind of do feed my spirit. Uh, we have some cows around Lewistown, as you can imagine. We're a heavy ranching community. So the spirit around Lewistown is very much ranching, uh, farming. So that kind of gives you an idea of what goes on. We don't have a lot of industry as you do with 
you know, tech things and such. So we're going to be more government-oriented with schools, hospital, which is not government, but largest employer, and then a lot of BLM, DNRC, those type, uh, USDA, we have a lot of those because we are very centrally located in the state. Um, and there's not much around us for about two hours. Great Falls is about an hour and 40 minutes away. Billings is two hours away. So we're the hub of everything in central Montana. So we do have a lot of those regional uh, government agencies in Lewistown. But otherwise, branding. Branding is a big day. Um, you go out and you help the ranchers brand and you have a lot of fun and sometimes they have a little too much fun. But um, some longhorns just beside our, our house there. Uh, this is a, a bad picture of me, but I had been up since 4.30 a.m. Uh, I work as an EMT in Lewistown about two shifts a month. So I'm a certified EMT, an AEMT, for any of you that know what that means, just advanced EMT. And so I try to keep that uh, certificate active, and it's a good way for me to have some outreach in the community. And so that kind of leads me into my thinking of um, how I do ministry in Lewistown. And a part of it is you've got to be where the people are. Um, they're not breaking down the church doors to come in the back door. You've got a pretty large population here. You get visitors. You may be visiting this morning. Thank you for being here. Um, but in Lewistown, it's not as common. Uh, folks are kind of set in their ways in a lot of, a lot of situations. And so we've got to find ways of getting out in the community, showing some love. I used to be on the fire department, and that's where I received the EMT certificate. And I decided about a year and a half ago that my lower back could no longer handle that. So I stepped away from the fire department and joined the EMT uh, program at the hospital. So now I can just ride on the ambulance and use this uh, organ here more than my lower back. And that's been a real blessing. I enjoy it. Um, it pays decently. And uh, I work about two shifts a month. So I'll go in at uh, 6 a.m. and get off at 6 p.m. And so I was working the other day, uh, just last week, and I was drinking coffee out of the kitty cat mug. I just thought that was a funny picture, but I had been up since 4.30. I ended up working till midnight that night. We ended up with a call right before shift was going to end, and then I was on backup that night and ended up with a backup call that was pretty serious. And so, yeah, I got home at, at midnight. A, a neat story, but we helped a lady earlier in the day, and that evening she didn't have a ride home, and I volunteered to give her a ride home from the hospital so the ambulance doesn't need to take well people home. It's not their job. So I volunteered to go pick her up, took her home. She didn't have any windows open in her house. It was 95 that day. And she thought she had all the windows open and the storm windows were still shut on the outside. So she was sitting on the second floor of her house. and It was an apartment, uh, 97 degrees inside. So I finally, I got all of her windows open. She grew up attending a Church of Christ. Um, we just made this neat connection. I got her connected yesterday to a lady that um, was from the same part of the, of the South. She was from Mississippi. So there we were, uh, made this really, really cool connection. This lady says she's very lonely and looking for a church to be a part of. And so that's just a neat way of saying the CMT work is not just about fixing people up and uh, whatnot. It's about getting into the community, having access to the people that need Jesus. So I do that through the EMT program. I'm a part of, I'm a chair of the Pregnancy Care Center in our town. A lot of you probably know what those are here in uh, this area. And then I work with the community cupboard, the food pantry. I'll be stepping off their board in January. And I'm about three other boards that I'm on that are not, that they don't require a lot of me. The Pregnancy Care Center is, is a busy. It's growing. 
and that does require a fair amount of my time, but I think it's a worthwhile ministry. And so that's kind of, a, kind of the goal of our ministry is to get into the town and find folks that need Jesus. Lewistown will be about our 10th year there um, here in just a, a few months. I guess uh, August will be our 10th year in Lewistown. Uh, this is our location. Some of you have been to this location when we had the lectureship. It's on Main Street, so it's a uh, downtown location on about the corner of 5th and Main. You'll find uh, the Central Montana Church of Christ. We had some church troubles here about a year and a half ago. Uh, for those of you that have not heard that, but we had five people leave, and they took the, the church name and, and such and moved locations. So we've been at this location now, the church itself, five years but we had to have a new name here about a year and that'll be two years in September, I guess. With some heartache, for sure. Uh, but we hope those folks are doing well. We wish them well. And uh, we're doing great. The church is hitting about 40 to 50 members on, on an average Sunday. Uh, that's a big deal for us. <laughs> uh, in COVID, we actually grew about 15 people. Uh, there were some churches in town that some folks were not really upset, not really happy with, and they decided to come over with us. And we've been blessed to have an insurgence of, of folks coming in to worship with us. And uh, we were able to baptize a fellow the other day. We got a couple, two couples getting married this summer, one a month ago, one in a month from now. So I'm doing premarital counseling with them. Uh, folks are moving to the community. We had a uh, older member that is our treasurer, his daughter and family just moved to town. So they're worshiping with us. There were six of them. So we're growing. Uh, that's pretty exciting. And it's also a lot of good work to do. So we hired a young man. Um, some of you knew him, Caleb Grove. The Grove family have worshiped at the Christ Church in Bozeman some, at different times. They live in Spokane now. But Caleb is worshiping with us and living in Lewistown. And we hired him for a day a week. So he's working on Wednesdays with the church. That's a big, big deal for us, uh, to have an extra set of hands, to do some projects and things that I just get uh, inundated with community activities and I don't have as much time to put to things that we need to do in the building or whatever it might be. So we're going to mentor that young man. He's 26, and hopefully he'll be somebody that can uh, kind of pick up the reins one day. We'll see how, how God delivers with that. But he's interested in ministry and, and wanting to uh, kind of head that direction. This is, uh, that's actually Caleb on the far left. Didn't mean to put him in the picture, but there you go. And we have a, a different setup in our worship uh, place. So we have the large TV there. We have couches and counter height tables for folks to sit at. So it's very different in a lot of ways, but people seem to really love it. In fact, our older folks love the tables more. They can put their Bibles out. They can write. Uh, they're sitting up a little bit more. They really enjoy that. We may have to do some different things because we're starting to uh, some days run out of space, so we may have to take a couch out and put more green chairs there uh, just to kind of have a little more seating, but it's flexible. We love it, and it's easy to take care of. I don't have to mow any yards. I really like that. Uh, preachers sometimes end up being the janitors and the lawnmowers, and uh, I do the janitorial work some, <laughs> but I'm not mowing any yards right now, and that's pretty cool. I mentioned uh, one of our young guys. He was a, a fellow that we baptized Oh, uh, Easter Sunday, whenever that was, back in April, right? And then he was married on May the something over in Kansas, and we flew over there and were able to uh, conduct their wedding. Really cool to watch a young couple grow, be able to baptize them, and, uh, and then watch them mature in Christ. So really exciting. Uh, we baptize them in the creek. It's about the only way, I think, if you're following. No, I'm, I'm, 
I won't get into that, but if you wear waders in the baptistry, I do talk about how that doesn't count. You have to be wet as a minister for it to count. Uh, I did help Chris baptize a lady here. She she may not be with us, I don't remember, but um, we both about got soaked in that baptism. It was a great day. It's the only baptism I've ever done in a, in a, a sister church. Um, but yeah, we baptized in the creek. It was 60 that day. It was actually really warm. The water was not really warm, but uh, we got it done, and, and what a blessing to be able to work with Keithan, that's his name. Uh, I'm going to leave that slide up as I continue to talk, and uh, today we've got, oh, let's see how many seconds I feel like I've got here. Okay, about 15 more minutes. So Central Montana Church of Christ, you can find our website there. Uh, that's my email address. You can uh, watch our sermons every week. If you're one of those that just likes to go home and watch another four or five sermons, uh, you can do that. I know I think we're recording here this morning, and that's great. And that's my phone number if you want to connect with us. If you would like a newsletter about what's going on in Lewistown, we send one out eh, every two months or so. <laughs> We've gotten a little lax on that, and sometimes it's three months or four months. But, yeah, every so often I'll send a newsletter out, tons of pictures, a lot of uh, what's going on with my family, but also a lot of what's going on in the church in Lewistown. I know we're going to do some work uh, July 4th, I actually kind of threw it out to Chris and a few others, but if you're interested in coming over around July 3rd on Saturday and helping out with a few internal projects of our church, we'll feed you and maybe even put you up in a a house. Um, We're going to do a little bit of work, put up some um, pine boards on one of the walls, a tongue and groove pine, just kind of dress up the front area of our entryway and uh, maybe paint the Salvation Army house in Lewistown. Uh, We've got a house there that the Salvation Army puts people up in for emergencies, and it needs some paint. So I think we're going to do our best to uh, provide some volunteer labor to to paint that house on July 3rd. The 4th, we'll have a big cookout after church, and the parade is at 1 o'clock coming right down in front of our front doors. So we'll just have a big day and watch the fireworks from our yard that evening with some ice cream usually. Kind of a big day for us. We always have a special time on July 4th. So if that sounds exciting to you, especially if you enjoy painting, come on over. Uh, we'll be, be blessed to have you. All right, so I'm going to talk briefly here for just a few minutes about some godly relationships. This kind of ties into what we do in Lewistown. Trying to make connections with folks. When it comes to sharing God's love, we've got to have a connection with them. We've had connections in the past where we would knock on doors and send out leaflets. I was in New Zealand for a time with a mission trip, and they knocked doors and they letterboxed. They would put a box, a, a pamphlet in the letter box, your mailbox. And that can be uh, successful to be able to make that first connection. But it's really, really hard work. I think the success rate of that's about 1%. Um, so you spend a lot of time with, some, uh, with, with limited results, but results nonetheless. People have come to Jesus uh, through that means. What we have found, um, I think some would deem it friendship evangelism, is getting in touch with people in the community, making those connections, and then teaching them about what Jesus has done for you. And in doing so, uh, we've seen fruit from that. Even just in last week, seeing a lady say, I've been needing this. And I told her, I said, I think this is Jesus working in this. She said, you think? I said, yeah, I think. (laughs) Um, Just a lot of coincidences to come together to to put us in our, each other's path. So godly relationships, as we had the young man read from Galatians 6 this morning, uh, the main passage I want to uh, kind of latch onto there is bear one another's burdens. 
So it's verse 2 of Galatians 6. Bear one another's burdens, and in doing so you fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing each other's burdens. You've got to pick each other up and walk with each other, hand in hand. In Lewistown, it's kind of easy as a community. We had a uh, someone, well, it's the Weir family. And Did you hear about the horrible crash in Great Falls where the Weir family was involved? The husband is... Uh, was part of the search and rescue program over there. He got a call, so he stopped on the side of the road, and he went to turn around in, in the highway and, and pulled out in front of a large semi. He was killed instantly. One of his sons, I believe, was killed instantly, and a daughter and another uh, two, two children and a, and a wife survived. The, that family had connections in central Montana. They raised, if I remember correctly, it was $90,000 in a silent auction uh, fundraiser in Lewistown for that family. Just blows my mind. <laughs> they are able to do really cool things in that community, and it's tight knit. It's very geographically, uh, you know, together. There's not a lot of, you're not spread out too much. Here in Belgrade, Bozeman area, wow, huge, isn't it, compared? And you have to work a little harder to find community, but you do that. You find it through your church, you find it through your local. Farmer's Market, I think Sylvia does that sometimes. Uh, your school systems, your work, whatever it might be, you have community. It might not look like it does in Lewistown. Uh, maybe it does in, in Belgrade, a little smaller, but growing tremendously. But you find a way to bear each other's burdens. You find those people that are not with Christ, and you introduce Christ to them by your labor, by your work, by showing them the love of Jesus through whatever means you have available to you. And to do that requires active participation. You can't wait till they come to you. They're not going to always walk in your back door. That's the reality. Hurting people don't necessarily think of churches to come into. Now, some do, but not most don't. Most find other ways of coping with that, which involves alcohol or drugs or addictions, just numerous ways of, of adapting and coping with it. Or they choose to ignore it completely and it just will ruin their lives. So we've got to find a way to bear each other's burdens. You might find that, as I said, through all those community means. It might be a nonprofit that you can be a part of that helps hurting people. You know, you have to find your niche there where you can fit into that. And it requires that active participation. I kind of think of this also with, with the families. As we think about Father's Day today, you know, it's not a typical Father's Day sermon, but... Um, Father's Day of, of requiring us to be leaders in our, ho our houses, to step up and, and do what Christ has called us to do as dads. All of this kind of pulls down into, I'm going to talk about a few things that as we deal with these godly relationships, I want to kind of open your eyes to some things that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. Um, as you get to know people, finding out what makes them tick, I think is really important. So it kind of takes a little U-turn here. I'm going to talk about some Ways in which you can get to know people, even your families, even your church family out here in front of you today. Some of you have heard of it. In fact, a lot of you have probably heard of the different love languages that we have. So you meet that person in the community, you're talking to them, you're spending time with them, and you want to know what it's like to really reach them so that you can show them the love of Christ. There's different love languages that, um, and I looked up his name the other day and it's eluded me already. Um, the fellow that wrote the book, if you find it, you can shout it out to me here in a second. 
Acts of service is one of the love languages that, that we have as individuals. Five love languages. Acts of service is going to be people doing things for you. It just really feeds you when they do that. If I take the trash out without being asked to, if I don't throw my clothes on the floor, I don't know if that counts, though. You know, I'm probably supposed to do that in the first place. But if I, if I do those things for my wife, it really does it for her. That really makes her feel appreciated and loved. That's one of her, that's her main love language is acts of service. So maybe you meet someone in the community and you do something for them and you see their face just, just light up or you see them kind of melt like, wow, why would you do that for me? Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe their love language is going to be receiving a gift. So you ever given someone a, a, a pie? And they're like, oh, yeah, cool, thanks. And they set it aside and they just keep talking like that didn't mean anything to them. But somebody else is like, why you thought of me? Oh, this is the most amazing thing. Maybe your spouse, maybe your children, maybe someone in this room, when you give them just a little thoughtful gift, a little card, just really makes them feel appreciated. Is it words of affirmation? Uh, that's mine. Someone telling me, good job, thank you for being a good dad. Uh, a little note even would, was, is something that really fills my heart and my soul. So as you're thinking about bearing each other's burdens, community, here, wherever it might be, even your own families, dads, listen up, dads. <laughs> uh, that's something that we, we should pay attention to. Is, and, and moms and kids today, as you help out dad, what's his love language? What is it that makes him tick, that really feeds him? Maybe it's an act of service. Maybe you, you make him his favorite supper, and that just, oh, he just loves that. A lot of times, guys, yeah, the, the stomach is the way to our hearts, right? So acts of service, giving of gifts, words of affirmation, that's three love languages. What about physical touch or affection? Do you know someone that just, they're always, they got their hand on your back and just rubbing? <laughs> or maybe it's a squeeze on the shoulder. Yeah, watch out now. <laughs> we, we see that going on today, right? Yeah, some of you, it's, I want to hold your hand in public. It just means so much to me. And it, it's, it's not anything in the sexual realm necessarily. It's a, I just want you to be close to me. I want to sit and watch a movie and I want to have my arm around you or my hand on your lap or whatever it might be that just that makes your heart melt. Some folks are like that. I was just listening to a book and it talked about physical touch and how our society, we've kind of gotten away from that. We're, maybe we're scared to be careful how we do things. But when someone kind of gives you that green light, they come up and they're doing this. We need to, we need to embrace if that's comfortable for you. At least the side hug, right? And, and maybe the, the pat on the back. But we're finding that folks that have fair amount of connection with someone else in a physical sense, hold hands, pat on the back, whatever it might be, we're finding they have lower rates of depression. There's lower rates of suicide. And those that have not had anyone in their physical presence for, for long periods of time, they really struggle with depression and other things. There's something about just bearing each other's burdens, even holding a hand or a squeeze on the shoulder. So physical touch, maybe that's your love language. What about quality time? That's the last one. Quality time. I need, I need you to just, I need 30 minutes of coffee. My wife can say, I need a date. When I hear that, I'm like, okay, I need to make time for that. I need you to listen to me. I need you to sit down at night, 15 minutes, listen to my stories. My wife likes that she likes the acts of service but at night she's like i need to tell you two things and 30 minutes later we're got that wrapped up she likes to tell long stories kind of like her mother uh, 
my my mother-in-law Sandra. I think there's that's the connection with Beth with cousins. But my mother-in-law can tell a story. I tell you, they're never embellished. They're just long. <laughs> and my wife can do the the very same thing. So I need to sit and listen. She needs me to hear her. That's part of communication, but it's also part of quality time. I need to carve out that time. So as you think about that in the next bit, there's books out there on this subject, so look up five love languages. Take the little quiz. Find out what you are, and then think about what other people are as you bear their burdens. What is it that makes them tick? What is it that I can do that's really going to just make their heart open up to this message that I have about Jesus? You know, there's lots of um, needs that we have, and there's needs for communication. There's the physical need, honesty and trust with people. When we think about all these things, this is kind of a psychological, you know, folks that put this together, or clinical psychologists, it's all pulled straight from Scripture. Every bit of it is pulled straight from Scripture. What is it that we're doing? We listen to each other. We're bearing each other's burdens. That's what's included in this. I could read you dozens of Scriptures today, and I'm not, because most of you know very well when it talks about being honest or being listening to someone, about uh, forgiving all of those things are just a part of the word that you've grown up hearing and, and have seen for a long time. It requires a lot of active participation, and it requires active listening. If I could get one thing through this morning, I want you to hear this one. As Americans, we don't do the best job always of actively listening. Because I'm, when I'm talking to you and I'm cluing in and telling you my conversation, you're re- You're generating your response before I'm even finished talking, aren't you? It's easy to do. I did this last week with Caleb, the poor guy. I sat him up front, chairs facing each other, and I said, I'm going to tell you some things, and I'm going to pretend as though I'm upset with you. And I said, Caleb, when you put me down with your words, it makes me feel belittled, and it makes me feel small. And I don't want you to do that anymore. It really upsets me. I said, now, Caleb, reply back to me what you what you heard. And he and he's on the spot, you know, this young 26-year-old guy. He said, well, I heard that sometimes maybe I might make you feel smaller and might do this and I might do that when I do these things. It was so funny. He deflected completely the guilt and blame on him for me saying, you made me feel this way. He said, well, maybe I might, might have made you feel that way. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. I said, you did make me feel that way. And then he forgot a few of the things. And I said, were you generating a response in your head? He said, yes. <laughs> I wasn't fully listening because I was, he was nervous, first of all. But couples, we do that all the time. When you're generating a response to the discussion. This one on. Um, when you have that discussion... You're generating your response. You're not truly listening. So I want to encourage you to listen to those around you who are hurting. Shut off all all replies in your mind and listen to them as they talk to you. Truly listen and then contemplate it for a few seconds. Say, let me think about that for a second and and just kind of process it. And then say, I think I'm ready. I want to to reply to that now. But too often we're generating that thought of what's next, what's next, what am I supposed to say? I don't want any dead space in this conversation. So actively listen. Take the time to listen to your spouse. Take the time to listen to your children. And take the time to listen to those in your community as you interact with them. And truly listen to them. Sometimes they don't, they don't want you to solve the problem. They just know, need to be heard. 
husbands and, and wives, we need the same thing, don't we? We want to be heard. I too often want to fix things instead of just listen. Do that with those in your community. You don't always, that conversation about Jesus may not be the first conversation. It may not be your second or third. Eventually, that's where it should lead, I think, because he's the great healer. But in the beginning, you do a lot of listening and find out where they are. I hope that's been an encouragement. I'm going to read one scripture to you, and we're going to end it a little bit past uh, my time. I apologize. Ephesians 4, verse 25 and following. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each of one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. We won't always get it right. We'll need forgiveness. We've got to make sure that we're willing to offer that forgiveness to others. I hope that today you're encouraged to go out in your community, show love. And in whatever way it is, whatever community you deal with, show those, that love to others that you have in your heart and uh, show them Jesus. I believe that there are folks that um, are prepared to uh, accept confessions and such. I, I think that's what they told me you do. And would that be in the back of the room after uh, we sing this song together? So if you would, uh, let's stand and we'll sing this closing song together. How do you explain how do you a love that flows from east to west and if a is why you know all our hopes, Lord, you know all our fears, and words cannot express the love we feel, but we long for you to hear. So listen to our hearts, hear our spirits. Words could fall like rain from these lips of mine. And if I had a thousand years, Lord, I would still run out of time. If you listen to my heart, every beat will say.